Thank you for listening to the Habits and Hustle podcast made possible by our friends at True Niagen. So I've been a huge fan of True Niagen for years, and I'm excited to share that I've recently began partnering with them. I literally don't miss a day taking it and think if you're only going to take one supplement, this is the one. And here's why, with of course, a little bit of added science lesson for you. Our bodies produce a molecule called NAD, which is critical for cellular energy and repair. But the levels sadly decline as we age. A nutrient that can help increase our NAD is a form of vitamin B3 called nicotamide robicide. That's a mouthful, or otherwise known as NR. The most efficient way to get this is with a supplement like Trinogen because it's the best NAD precursor. True Niagen helps support our bodies against everyday stressors that can damage our cells like overeating, drinking, or staying up too late. In my opinion, no one is too young to take it. I wish I had known about this in my early 30s because I would have been all over it. What's most amazing is that True Niagen is backed by 18 clinical trials and has the endorsements of two Nobel Prize winning scientists. Go check it out at trueniagen.com. That's trueniagen, T-R-U-N-I-A-G-N. And we have a special offer for new customers to receive 20% off orders of $100 or more using the code HUSTLE20. Definitely run, don't walk, to scoop some up today. Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. Today on the podcast, we have Chris Appleton. Chris is a British-born celebrity hairstylist whose A-list clients include Kim Kardashian, Jennifer Lopez, Katy Perry, Dua Lipa, and basically everybody else. He's been dubbed the man who is redefining Hollywood glam, and he's also been hailed as the latest Brit to usher in a new era of hair care following the footsteps of icons like Vidal Sassoon and John Frieda. He is himself uh, just a specimen. Um, He's an IMG model, and he's also the creative director of Color Wow, which is a line of products that is, and I've used it myself, fantastic and is growing in popularity. Uh, Chris and I sit down, we speak all about um, his evolution and rise to being the go-to guy for anything glam, beauty, hair. It was great talking to him and also, of course, getting some great little hair secrets and tips and tricks. So please enjoy the podcast. Uh, Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. Enjoy. Today on the podcast, we have Chris Appleton, who is a celebrity hairstylist. And would you even say a model? I mean, you look like a Greek god, but I no. mean, I mean, for, don't pretend that you've never heard anybody say that before. But I think the term being a model is like interesting because it's like, oh, you're, you know, of a look that you know people aspire to look like or one or what sells. I don't know. I always find it is an interesting thing. It doesn't resonate with me very well just because I don't feel like um, I know looks are nice and people say, oh, you look cute and stuff. But I think it's really like what I've learned the hard way living in LA really is more about the inside than it's the outside of, you know, what makes a person good or aspire to be, you know, I think that means more to me than, so yeah, a lot of people are, Oh, you're handsome, but you know, and it's very nice, but I think it's more, I get, I, I feel more, um, I guess complimented when people are like, you know, he's a re- actually a really nice guy, he's, you know, or someone 
says something nice rather than just, you know, face value. Yeah. Face value, most of Hollywood is good looking, you know, become, I, <laughs> become part of the, you know, absolutely. Hollywood makeover. I love that you actually just said that and you started with that because mm. in the business that you're in, right? Like you're in the business of beauty, number yeah. one, right? Like that's what you're, you you're basically known for these transformations. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who don't know Chris Appleton, like I say, he's a, and everyone can like use these terminologies like celebrity, you know, hairstylist or whatever, but you literally do like everybody. You do mm -hmm. JLo, you do Kim Kardashian, you do virtually like ev everybody. Like who, do you did like Dua Lipa on the, for the Grammys just recently. Yeah. Um, I guess my first real question is how did you get started? That's mm -hmm. the first part. And then how did you become the go-to guy for like, for Hollywood tastemakers and A-listers? You know, um, Kim Kardashian was recently quoted saying, you know, get up off your ass and go to work, you know? And I think that got misinterpreted to what she means because she's actually incredibly, you know, I think she's incredibly respectful for that. But I think she just... I think she's basically saying what I feel um, is that, you know, hard success doesn't come from not working hard. People just think, oh, you're lucky or I came and tapped you on the shoulder. Or, it's because you're cute or it's because you're British. It's because you're whatever. But it really comes down to hard work. So, yeah, I mean, I started doing hair when I was 13 um, in the salon. That's when I got my first job. I started earlier than that when I was maybe around eight or nine. I used to do my mom's hair and it really started off from doing my mom's hair because she was a mother of five. She had a really kind of quite hard life. She had a lot of traumas in her life. And I realized that when I did her hair and she looked in the mirror, you know, her shoulders would go back. And I think she resonated feeling like, like a different person. Like, you know, I, she forgot about being a mom of five and she right. felt glamorous. You know, she saw herself in a way that, you know, she never knew she could see herself be. And I was always really inspired by the power of transformation. And back then it was kind of like Madonna was the only one that was doing that kind of thing. You know, every album should have a very distinct look and um, really transform herself. And now it's become part of our culture that, you know, thanks to Instagram and stuff, we're all changing our looks all the time. But I think for me, I was just always inspired by the power of transformation. But Looking good is one thing, but I think feeling good was really where I got, you know, addicted to the job. And I remember my first job in a salon at the age of 13 and I stood there. I remember where I was standing. I can close my eyes now and see it. And someone would walk in, you know, with their shoulders down and kind of, you know, just regular, the hair was tied back. And then they would walk out a different person. You know, the hair would be flowing and the shoulders would be back and they were feeling themselves. And, you know, so I think, you know, the real artistry is not just about the end result is really about how great you can make people feel, you know, from cancer patients, people that are going through real trauma and how you can make a difference to their day. And, you know, you know, looking good and feeling good is really valuable. Um, so yeah, I think it started with that. I kind of kept the same philosophy throughout my whole career. Um, doesn't matter if it's JLo or if it's Mrs. Jones that came in the salon every week. You know, that's my goal, make people look great. I learned my craft, I learned every aspect of hair, push myself to know everything, work very hard at that. And then, you know, the rest comes from, I guess, the type of person you are and what it means to you to see people look and feel good and, you know, how rewarding that is to you as a person. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my journey. I mean, obviously in between, I've done everything. I've done the salon, I've done editorial hair, fashion week, I've done, you know, color degrees and, used to travel to London with my suitcase. It was like a two hour train journey because I'm from a small town in Northern England called Leicester. And, um, you know, I'd go on the train for two hours and go and assist and take my suitcase and, <laughs> you know, come back and just 
did it for years, just kept learning. I was like a sponge. I just made sure that even if I was assisting and just passing pins, I'd be watching what people were doing, how they would talk to the clients, how they would do the hair, how they would sculpt the hair, what made them good at what they do, what made them different, what made them the best at that time, you know, how did they finesse that? So I just kind of like absorbed all of that information. So I guess when I moved to LA, when I was around 30, I was pretty equipped in the technical knowledge of knowing good hair and knowing what to do. So um, I think quickly word got around and I guess, you know, Instagram is thankful for that. You know, people get to see your work and, you know, if they want to know like, oh, who is this guy? They'll look, you know, like I'm all the time like, oh, so-and-so's good. I'm like, well, let me see their Instagram. Because you get a vibe, you know, Absolutely. you get a vibe of what they're, you know, it, it's face value vibe, but sometimes that's all you need to know just to sort of see if that's going to work for you or not. Well, it's also um, visual. Instagram is a, a visual, visual, you know, platform. So that's yeah. a great way to see people's work, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what you do. But yeah. you said something earlier about work ethic and hard work. And that's basically, I, I agree with you, Cam, who, and whoever else b believes and agrees with that. Couple things, you know, I've noticed, and I was kind of saying this before, like, you do all, everything in here, right? You, you can do color, you can cut, you can do all these different types of stylings. And I feel like I, I've only noticed people, they're very like specific. Like if you go to a color person or you go to a cut person. Mm -hmm. So you were doing that at a young age. You were kind of learning all the different elements of doing hair. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so what when were you a known person back in London or was it only when you, because when you moved here at 30, you said like eight years ago. Yeah. That's not a very long time to kind of, you like blew up, right? Mm. Like, and you've been pretty popular yeah. for a very long time. Where did that kind of start? Was it already, were you already like getting a lot of traction back home? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was working with um, Rita Ora. She's like a pop star. Yeah. And was at the time. I know Rita actually. And, you know, she was kind of, we were always doing different looks. And back then she was the only one kind of doing that. It was before Gaga and stuff. It was, we, we, and her hair would be short and long and then pink and blue. And I think, you know, posting on Instagram, people just kind of noticed that she was always changing her hair. And then I eventually got an email from JLo's team saying, was I available to do her hair for the Vegas show when she was starting to do the Vegas show? And I was thinking like, oh, wow, that's cool. But you know, that's JLo and I'm here in England, so it'll probably never happen. And that's when I kind of thought to myself, you know, I think if I need to take it to the next level, I have to move, I have to go to America and I think I have to try it, I have to be in Hollywood. Cause no one's gonna fly you over from England. Like right. if you're available when the, their person isn't, you get to go in there. But otherwise, you know, I was like, I think I just have to take the leap of faith. And I did. And um, I left my apartment. I just left everything. It was all actually really crazy to think about because I finished working with Rita on the 23rd of December and I moved to LA on the 24th. I took two suitcases. I left my fully furnished apartment, all my, you know, everything. I had a whole hair thing, a whole hair section. I had a fully furnished apartment with <clears throat> a studio. I had all my like photos, all my awards and stuff I'd won. I just left everything. Um, just to sort of, I was like, if I'm just gonna do it, it's like now or never. Like if I overthink this, it's like having a kid. It's like, I'm gonna wait for the perfect time. It's like, well, you'll never have enough money and you'll never have quite the perfect, you know, relationship or like, you know, there's always something that you could think of an excuse for. Yeah. So it's like, I just gotta do it. I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go. And I did it. And for the first three months, I didn't do anything. And I remember crying. I was like, I'm giving up everything. And I've spent <laughs> all my money. And then I got a call from um, Christine Aguilera's people, um, to do a hair for the voice. <clears throat> this was interesting. I had like three hours for glam and I remember on my way, I'd done a lot of research as you do on who you're gonna work with. And you know, I saw her iconic videos and you know, she did dirty and all the amazing stuff, which made me feel even more anxious. Cause right. like, oh my God, she's such a legend. And then we got to the voice and 
everything in America is just so much bigger. The supermarkets are bigger, like everything. And the voice in, in the UK is small compared to, you know, the one in the US. And there was three hours for glam and um, sitting there excited, patiently waiting. And the makeup artist went in and then waited a little bit longer. Like an hour went by and I was like, okay, got two hours, it's good. And then another hour went by and I was like, oh my God, I've only got an hour. And then like 40 minutes went by and I was like, there's 20 minutes left. So she got me in the last 20 minutes before the live show. And I went in and um, she's like, okay, what do you want to do? You know, hey, and I was like, okay, you know, I was thinking like this wig would look really cool. And she's like, oh, I've tried wigs, I don't like them. And I was like, of course she's tried wigs. She's Christina Aguilera. She's tried everything. She's worked with everyone. Right. And so I started kind of like styling her hair and there was probably like 15 minutes left. You know, I was like, and you know, obviously 15 minutes is not a long time to make your impression. You know, you want right. to do something. You know, I, I'd been booked because I'm known to be like the man that transforms. And then I was like, I just the mother of my kids who actually were like best friends, I'd spoke to her on the way in the car and I was really nervous. And she said to me, well, think of it this way. If you don't make this work, you're going to have to come home, you know, because you can't stay there forever and not work. And I was like, you're right. So she kind of came into my head and I was like, if I don't make this work, I'm going home. And I was like, oh, fuck it. So I just got a wig and I put it on her head. I was like, you know, I think we should try these. Like, just look at it. And she was like, oh, she was like, actually, this looks good. And she said to a stylist, Simone, what do you think? She's like, I like it. And she's like, okay. And so I just quickly put on, it was probably like 10 minutes. She rushed off on TV. She was live on TV and it's out there. And I remember sitting there taking pictures of the screen. I was sending it to Kate and I was like, what do you think? And she's like, it looks great. And then there was like a little break and she kind of was standing there talking to the upper judges and she looked over at me and she went, everyone likes your wig. And then just kind of looked away. And I was just like, at that moment, I was like, okay, I did it. She, you know, did good, you know. Um, and um, I guess that was the beginning of um, my relationship with her. And, you know, and then I guess it became a knock-on effect. And we did like the lavender hair with the hair hoops in it. And everyone just kind of, I guess people look, people, when someone's doing something different, like who's, who's doing that? Who's right. working with her? You know what I mean? It's just a natural thing to kind of do a bit of investigation um, if you're into that stuff. Um, and then started working with Ariana Grande and then I started working with Katy Perry and then Kim and then J well, J-Lo, I was working with her. And it's funny because when I started working with J-Lo, she said to me, it was for a music video and I was doing hair and she said, oh, I knew you were the man for the job. And I was like, cool. And I was like, I wonder how she thinks that. And then she said, I've had my eye on you for a while. So she, you know, social media, because right, she would look looking. and people are always looking, people are always interested, especially in the glam world. You're like, oh, hair's pretty cool. I wonder who's doing that. You know, when, when something's done well, you get to see, especially when you know you shit, you know, especially when you know what's good hair and what's totally. bad hair and what's good makeup and what's not bad, good makeup. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of a roll on effect from that. So yeah, it has been a bit of a whirlwind and everyone's like, you're successful now. And it's very funny because I get stopped a lot now and people want to take pictures or they want to or they think they know me or something. And it's, I find that kind of still very interesting because I don't feel any different to how I did when I was 13, really. And I just started doing it because I like making people look and feel good. And I guess it was beyond my wildest dreams to be in the position that I am now. But I am, and then I, but I still just feel like, I guess Instagram, you know, with those millions of followers, these are real people that know, like follow your life. Whereas to me, it's almost like a number game. How many likes, how many followers? It's like a computer game, you know, it's just like fun. But when people actually stop you and go, oh my God, uh, you know, you posted that thing about your mom and it meant so much to me. Or, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, wow, real people really resonate with this. To me, it's almost like a journal of my life. You know, I'm kind of like here, I'm there, I'm working with this, I'm doing this and, you know, things I'm proud of, obviously. And so, yeah, it's still kind of, you know, when people stop me, like it's really sweet and I love it. But it's always interesting how people feel like they know you. Right, and you when forget they don't. They yeah. don't, but you know, you. I guess, you know, that's 
part of it. And it's also because they see you. I mean, you have like a huge Instagram account, mm. obviously, but also you're always in the shot or the background yeah. on JLo's or yeah. on Kim Kardashian's yeah. Yeah. who have like hundreds of millions. Yes. So yeah. it's even like that, that like subconscious, like they've seen you, but they don't know how they know you. Yeah. And then they see your stuff. So you're always like kind of in the vicinity mm. in a way. Yeah. Um, so then you didn't get that J. So what, after you moved here, you mm. didn't get that JLo Vegas job. No, I, I, she wanted to try wigs and stuff. And I think uh, I wasn't available. So I couldn't do it. And I, was with, I was in London. I was with Risa. Right. So, she, so you missed just, it. You didn't I get it. I kind of missed it. Yeah. I just wasn't available. So then it was kind of waiting for the next opportunity to be available. Um, wow. Who's or, the, who's the other person that's like, that's if you're not, if you're unavailable, someone else like who, how for? I, who? who for, who for, for, hair, for hair, for like, I think everyone has different people. No, for whatever reason. And maybe this is it. Like, I only know you, like, oh. I, I don't even know another person that is I mainstream. I feel I mean, like, there's a, I think there's something for everyone. Everyone's amazing. I think, you know, there's lots of people I respect and I think, no, I'm sure there's great. amazing people, but I'm oh. just asking for you. Like, who do you look to? Who's like really good? Oh, um, I'm always looking for inspiration, but it will just be like girls doing the hair on TikTok or like YouTube or someone like when I used to be on the subway and watching girls, how they would have done their hair. And I don't know, I'm reading to like street style and how, because the hair I do, I, I don't think it's like avant-garde. It's not like it's crazy hair that people can't achieve. I just like to create beautiful hair and I'm just fascinated how people create that, you know. I think a lot of mine is about, but Kim said to me once, that she can always tell when I've done someone else's hair. And I said, how? And she said, it's the quality you get, it's the finish you get to the hair. So I think that's kind of like, you know, my signature thing. It doesn't matter what the style is, if it's straight, curly, up, down, whatever. It's like the, the kind of looks finished to the quality of the hair, like the polishness of it. Mm. Like, um, and you know, that's obviously why I work with Color Wow because, you know, they're really just, our relationship was very natural because it was just about me using great products to create good hair, you know, and the relationship was very natural. Um, and kind of how did it happen it. actually because i was going to bring that up down down the road here but since you brought it up well it was really organic it wasn't a it wasn't a proposed thing it was just i was use, i was using their products and they were like you know kind of seeing the hair I was well what's your relationship first of all with them like how did you get involved? i am the global creative director but you know really i'm just kind of the you know hair guy and they're <laughs> like family to me you know we have a great relationship we talk about a lot about product development. We talk a lot about like, you know, what the market is missing. Um, Gail Federici, who owns Color Wow, she mm -hmm. made John Frieda. So she made John Frieda, John Frieda. That back in the day sold for like 500 million, which was, it was big, huge. the biggest, you know. She knows her stuff. She knows about hair care. She has problems from hair herself. And a lot of it was just really about solving like they did the range called frizzies and because she had frizzy hair and she's like, there's nothing for like frizzy hair that doesn't make your hair greasy, you know? So she would try everything on herself and she kind of just really knows what women want. And, you know, from not being a woman herself and, you know, having real day hair problems, like their root powder, touch up, you know, cause her gray would come through and there was nothing that didn't yeah, you smudge that everywhere. To me. You know? it's, is it good? Cause I haven't used Amazing, that yet. Yeah. And you can even swim in it. It doesn't smudge. It's like the small differences, which make all the difference. Um, yeah, that's like one that you have to be very careful with the root, the the root stuff. Yeah, because like sprays and stuff tend to be sort of messy and can go everywhere, whereas the powder just goes on effortlessly. It doesn't, you know, go anywhere. It stays, and the color pigmentation is perfect to like blend with all hair colors. But I think Gail had sort of saw a lot of people's books, and she was just kind of 
I mean, her work, she would say I was bored by it. Everyone was always presenting me books. And I was, she's like, I, I just, it doesn't do anything. Because she'd seen everyone. She'd done everything. Right. And I think when she saw mine, she said it was the first time she'd kind of gone, oh, you know, this guy's is doing something different. But it was still beautiful. And, you know, pushing the boundaries, but not in a like, you know, because you can push the boundaries. But then when you push the boundaries too far, it almost becomes like a costume. It's mm-hmm. like Halloween stuff. You know what I mean? It was too much. And I think I always try and keep it on the air of, you know, um, as, aspirational, aspirational you know for, yeah. for, for people so yeah um, I spoke to her and we just hit it off and then you know I'd be like you know I think you need this product or that and I think one of our main products we brought out was the dream coat because um, it kind of changed the whole hair game is that a spray yeah yeah so basically it's got like a waterproof furniture so it stops hair um, frizzing from any like moisture in the air or any humidity it can't penetrate the hair it's almost like if you actually spray it on hair and put water droplets the hair um the water droplets just sit on top of the hair you can like shake them off they don't absorb into it really yeah i mean i use J- that on jlo for super bowl um you know in miami is the worst for oh, humidity. My, so tell like me about any it. style like you know it's the worst and her hair i did her hair at two o'clock in the afternoon and she didn't go on stage till seven and she kept it down the whole day it wasn't up oh, we didn't get i didn't get to touch it, it didn't up get anything. frizzy no because the dream i prepped it well I'm a really big, I'm a really big product guy because I use it to really kind of create like the foundation for hair. So, you know, our relationship with Dreamcoat was just very natural because I was kind of doing that very polished hair and that looks finished no matter what it was. And Dreamcoat really locked that in. So not only did it protect it from humidity and frizz, it gave you that very looks finish. Um, and it's like as light as water. So that's another thing that was fresh about it. Most products that, you know, could try and compare don't because they just make the hair greasy or heavy and people don't like that. So it's, you know, a really, it kind of just blew the hair care world up. And then, you know, we brought our own product out together, the money mask, the money. which just kind of everyone loves. This it's is probably, great. Yeah. The money, this is like a very intense, <laughs> is it like a conditioner? It's actually not intense. Um, most, I, not? I wanted to bring out a mask with color well, cause I felt like, you know, I'm about good conditioned hair and you, yeah. know, you can do as much to it as you want, but if your hair is not in good condition, it's never going to look great. So we brought out a mask that was different in texture. It's the first texture on the market like it, where it's almost like a gel texture. Cause to me, masks were like one of those things that women use once a month and you know, they leave it on for 20 minutes or sleep in it, but it was just not like a real life everyday thing because there were too much of a, you know, mission to accomplish. And also it was like making your hair flat after and didn't do anything. You know, your hair was soft, but it was flat to your head. So I wanted a mask that actually restored the moisture levels and the protein levels your hair needs. But also when you did your hair, you felt like it had some guts and some va-va-voom and like, like volume. some volume. Yeah, so when you, if you blow dried it, it had hold and bounce. And if you kind of, you know, blow dried the hair out, it had like a quality finish to the hair. So super light, but does all of the necessary work. And that's why we called it money, it was like that money shot great on all hair textures whether it's curly straight color treated or not treated and i think that's why it became so popular you know it sells out all the time i think we sold out of it four times in the u.s really yeah it even held up our launch in england because we just couldn't make it fast enough um, can you put it on your roots because i was going to ask you about like how do you get the perfect uh salon blowout at home yeah, I think this is such a regularly asked question and i think people are getting better at it i mean obviously it involves a blow dry but which is probably the part people struggle with. But a lot of it for me is about prepping the hair into a good quality. Because if you blow dry your hair out and it's dry, then you're going to have to have so much more work into like smoothing it out. So for me, by using, um, you know, using the Colorwell um, shampoo, 
the color the color security shampoo and conditioner the color security shampoo is amazing because it basically doesn't leave any ingredients behind on the scalp so a lot of products that offer like moisture or protein or volumizing they leave a lot of crap behind on your scalp and on your hair which over time can impede hair loss it can make your hair weighed down greasy lifeless the shampoo from Colorwell doesn't do that. So it doesn't contain any extra ingredients. It cleans the hair, cleans the scalp and keeps it fresh. The conditioner is beautiful. It hydrates the hair, um, strengthens and gives it a beautiful shine. Or if you're using the money mask, it's a little bit more intense. You can use that, you know, twice a week. There's a little bit more of an extra conditioning. But that's like a great foundation to just having soft, beautiful, ready to go hair. Um, but how about technique always, wise, like technique, like if I was to wash my hair with all of the color wow, yeah. and then what? So then I'd prep it. I always prep um, hair no matter what I'm doing with the color wow dream coat, because that's going to give me the finish that I want. It's going to be that looks finish, looks finish and I know no moisture is going to affect it um, and make it frizzy. Um, and then I usually cheat it. So I dry the hair till it's like 90% dry. It's so funny. I see so many girls on TikToks and they start with their Dyson air app and they're like, hair's soaking wet. And I'm like, okay, good luck. You're going to be there forever. Right. And it's probably just going to drop out. So you want to get 90% of the moisture out um, just because no one's got the arm strength for below drying the hair from soaking wet to dry. And even if you think it's dry, you then touch it after and it's probably still damp. So 90% dry. I usually use a big round bristle brush, just grab big sections. I get some of the color while raise the root and I just put a couple of pumps on the root because that basically is like scaffolding. So it just gets it off your head and gives it some volume. So even if I'm doing a sleek look, I'll still give it some volume at the root because no one's like a pea head, you know? Right. Do you, um, put, vol you put conditioner on the roots? I, I yeah, heard not yeah, to. Yeah, you can do. Yeah, definitely. Just a little bit. I mean, mid-lamps and ends are older hair, so it's had more wear and tear. So mainly mid-lamps and ends, but I'd run it through the roots after. Whatever you've got left on your hands. I wouldn't slap it on your roots straight away. I would go on mid-lamps and ends and then work it up to the root. And then you put curlers on top. So, to get so then you're going to blow dry your hair with a big round brush um, just so you get that looks kind of finish. And then you can run it with a flattening iron or you could just use like a big, big, big curling iron, like maybe a two or three inch just to kiss the ends or even some big Velcro rollers if you're not very good with curling your hair with a curling iron. Velcro rollers are great. Yeah. You can then put your makeup on it and stuff and, you know. I mean, so do you do you, prefer, do you say Velcro ro rollers over that? Or I just think a lot of girls can't use a curling iron. You dig it a bit cat candid. So I think Velcro rollers are a great way of just giving you that blowed out look. And then while the rollers are in, you can do your makeup, go do the kids' breakfast, just go live your life, do whatever you gotta do. When you did JLo's hair for the Super Bowl, what did you how did you do that? Was it the dream coat, blowout, and then I did a double curl technique where I used a small curling iron first to get a tight curl. Um, which obviously would be way too tight, and then I brush it out and go in with a much larger curling iron. Really what that does is it kind of gives it the hair so much bite and bounce. You know when you do a tiny curl in your hair and you brush it out and it's like da-doing? Yeah. It's like super ring. That's too tight. But then you know sometimes if you do a really big curl, it looks good and then drops straight out. So if you do the tighter curl first, it gives the hair like this real strong base and then you go in and loosen it over a bigger one, but it still has the bite. It still has that bounce and that kind of hold value. So it's called a double curl. A double curl. Yeah. What are the basic essentials that we, people should have for their hair? Besides, of course, all the color wow stuff. Is there like other like other things that you need, like those Velcro rollers, like you said? Or I think everyone's different. Some people have super curly hair. Some people have straight hair. Some people have frizzy well, curly hair. hair is some so hard. Thin hair. So many people have thin hair. You know, so everyone's different, and I think it's really just about get a personalized range for you. But I think universally what everyone can do is start with the right shampoo and the right conditioner, which is the Dream Coat Color Well. Sorry, the um, Money. Dream Clean um, shampoo and either the Money Mask or the regular conditioner. That's like just a great foundation for like shiny, glossy, soft hair. You know what I mean? Like 
that's a great foundation for a blowout, curling your hair, whatever text you have, it's just a good base. Whereas if you're using something that's covered in silicones and all these extra ingredients, your hair kind of starts off life. It starts off in a bad way. You know, it starts off wrong. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so I think, you know, uh, they're, the, they're the kind of basics. Um, and then the rest is up to the individual, you know, and there's different products for everyone, but... So now, like, so I was saying before you were, I think you were on the phone, yeah. but I was wondering like when someone, cause you're so popular now and you have everybody mm. when there's like a Met Gala, for mm. example, and you have JLo wants to use you or, and, and Kim wants to use you or whoever, mm. how do you decide who do you go to? Where do you go? Like if everyone's using you like for the Oscars or for the Grammys, how do you, how can you, how do you do that? It's always down to, um, I know it sounds kind of silly. It's more just about who gets in there first. I'm not, I don't pick one over the other, but um, it's usually just about who books it first. Like Kim booked me straight away last year from, as soon as we'd done the Met Ball, she booked me for the year after. Oh, she did. Okay. Yeah. Smart. So that's what happens. Like, so you don't, do people get, in, like you get, I mean, there's a lot of big personalities. Is it like, is it difficult? Because they're like, why are you going to J-Lo? No, I think everyone respects each other. And they know like, it's just like, yeah, I, I want him too. Like, I get it. <laughs> Does your hair good? Do you know what I mean? But he's also other great people. So I don't think it's like, you know, a killjoy. It's like, oh, it's just like, okay, you know. He's busy. See who else is, you know, available. But yeah, I mean, I think that's why you have an agent because they usually kind of negotiate all of that stuff. I don't honestly get involved with that much stuff. I kind of just roll up. You said today, like, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> I'm like, not really. You know, I'm just here because it's on the schedule and it's like the next thing. Right. I can. I, it, my schedule is really busy and it's always kind of like backwards and forwards flying here, there and everywhere. And it, there's always so much different stuff going on. Last minute dramas. There's always so much shit to sort out. So honestly, I'm not that on my schedule because I just know I'm going to be doing stuff and I kind of just turn up and I feel like I'm like, I have to be in good energy. I can't be like, oh, oh God, and now I've got to go here and now I've got, you know, so I think I keep my light, my mind light by not knowing that because my agent does. So she would just tell me where I need to be and I'm just a part of it. I'm not like, oh, I've got to do this and oh, I've got to do that, you know, because there's certain things that I just need to stress about and it's not my schedule. It's yeah. about, you know, how good they're going to look on the red carpet and, you know, does it look perfect? And, you know I mean? Then the whole world's going to say something about it. So I can't be stressing about my schedule as well. That's right. just not really what I want to do. So that's why my agent figures it out. So, hello agent. Yeah. Uh, so what is like the day in the life of you? Like what time, like I want to get into all this other stuff, but like what, what do you do? What time do you wake up? What's yeah. your, what is your routine? I mean, I naturally, what are your habits? I normally wake up around um, seven. And if I wasn't doing anything, usually seven o'clock seems to be my wake up time. I like to work out first thing. I like to get it done just because otherwise I'm chasing the day with working out. Mm -hmm. I like to work out because mentally it makes me feel really great and it makes me feel like I'm doing something for myself. So then I feel like I can give to others. And one of the big things I've learned throughout life is, you know, if you're not giving back to yourself, it's very exhausting and draining to give to others because you can only give so much. So that's right. like my time where I get to sort of focus on myself. And I kind of become known on Instagram as the guy with a good body and stuff. And it, it, yeah, obviously that's a nice compliment. Obviously I like to look good if I take my top off. Just mentally I feel good. I feel better if I feel comfortable. But I think more it's about my mental state of mind of doing something for myself. Mm -hmm. It affects everything. It starts my day off eating right. It makes me feel more focused, you know, whereas if I don't train and I'm tired, I get sluggish and I eat shit and then I feel worse. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know, it just creates like a bad energy with me. So I always like to work out first thing. And then usually, you know, I'm on set. I'm, 
Yesterday I landed from Vegas, from the Grammys. We landed and we went straight to set from the plane and we did a shoot all day and then I didn't manage to work out. So I went straight to the gym after, got home, had my dinner, went to bed, woke up this morning, went to the gym, did a just shot with an influencer, got in the car to you and then I'm getting in the car after I'm going to do another influencer for another like tutorial TikTok thing. And then tomorrow I go to Kim's and then we have the... Um, the premiere for their new show and then there's another premiere and then I'm going to Germany for some, I don't know. It's just like, it sounds like a crazy schedule though. Yeah. Like you have a lot of energy to kind of keep up with that. I Sometimes I ring my agent. My agent's here. Her name's Clark guys. She's from the wall group. She's honestly the nicest person. She's very kind. She is. She's very calm. Um, she's very, she's very like practical and like, real which is good for me because i'm a bit of a dreamer sometimes and i'm a bit of a fantasy kind of guy like you know i'm like oh we can do this and this and she's like well logistically that won't work that's not going to happen like there's only so many hours in the day but every now and again i'll call her and like it happens probably once every six months where i get really overwhelmed and i'm like ring and i'm like i can't do this my i'm a human you know i can't do this i'm a human being you guys are making me get on these plates but really i've agreed to it all i'm like yeah 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 right. and then i'm doing it and i'm like oh but she knows me now as well she'll be like well Chris, I know you're saying yes to that, but that means you'll have no sleep because you'll be going on the red eye. And then I think you need, you know, so she really looks after my health as well, which is really nice because yeah. she'll be like, you know, I know you'll need like a little bit of time to catch up. Or even today she was like, we start at 10 so you can go to the gym, which was great. So, uh, cause I've just come off that Vegas thing and went straight to work. So Did she you knew sleep my schedule had been busy. No, I didn't actually. So like what happens? Are you like on call? Like what, if you're booked on a job, are you just on call until that, like the Vegas thing is a perfect example. Well, yeah, we you know we got, they were ready in the morning and she, we did the color and then we did the hair and then we went to the red carpet and then we went from the red carpet and she did the presenting. And then we went to the, back to the hotel and we got dressed for the after party and then we went for dinner and then we went to the after party and then we went to, yeah, we just went to the after party and that was it. And then I don't know, I guess we got in. I mean, I I'm not really a partier, but I guess we got in at like maybe three, I think. And then I think we had to be downstairs at, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. It's, exa it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I mean, honestly, so if you're not even a partier, like, do you have to do all those I'm extra things? I'm not a things? partier, but I will tell you this. I am a very, and my motto of life is to die with um, memories, not dreams. I think there's, Mm -hmm. you're going to die one day you're going to die and your mom's going to die and your dad's going to die and your friends are going to die and he's going to die and you're going to die and you're going to die we're all going to be dead and I think sometimes we forget that I know it sounds so miserable but I was listening to this thing the other day and he was just saying we're all going to die and like sometimes they think we're going to live forever and we're not like so I just try and make sure that I'm like present as much as possible I can't live in the past because it's already gone I can't live in the future because it's definitely not happened yet. All I can really do is be in the moment. And sometimes I'm like, you know, this is an incredible journey I'm on right now. I'm in this amazing place. I'm going to enjoy myself, you know, and I'm not wild, but you know, like for example, in the after party, I could have gone home, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to we'll have a, go out and have a drink. And it was fun, you know, and it was really great to be a part of. And I think I definitely push myself sometimes with like having a personal life like going to the gym even if it's like four in the morning because you have to be on set at six like but you know i work hard and play hard and i think that's the balance for me yeah and i think also working out and all is very important just for your the mental stuff but also it gives you more energy definitely if you yeah. didn't do it you would have less energy to kind of sustain this crazy schedule yeah but i like that quote memories not dreams because that is so true i just think we also we're also comfortable with like what we're all think we're going to live forever and unfortunately we're not 
And we'll all be dead and gone one day. You know, it's really funny. I look at my past eras and like, you know, Marilyn Monroe or something like that. And everyone thinks they're going to live forever, but we're not. And, you know, and life's precious and family's precious. And, you know, I have two kids who I want to enjoy. and I want to inspire them. And I want to just, I don't want to be obsessed with, you know, my job. Like I am obsessed and I definitely, it's a focus of mine, but I've really learned to like, let go of things a little bit. You can't just be so in control. Sometimes you've got to live life and feel the ride, you know? You can't just be so tense about it all. You've got to just like be present and be in it, you know? But is it hard to have a life when you're on someone else's schedule so hardcore like that? Not really. Yeah. No, because you, you're in, you're all in control. We're all in control of our own destiny. People make such bullshit excuses. I'm like so sick of people talking shit. They're like, I'm too busy to go to the gym. Like, oh. And I'm like, bitch, <laughs> Yep. If I can go, you can go. Like, get up, shut up. Like, yeah, totally we all true. have the same amount of hours in the day. Like, I, I think it comes down to motivation and like how much you actually want it. Like, That's I don't want to take my top off on the beach and feel like I don't take care of myself just because I'm just like, you know, I'm 38. Like, I'm in a great place in my life. I'm really happy. And I want that to reflect. Like, I don't want to be, of course, I just want to eat ice cream and stuff, but and you know, and I, do, I do, I do, I do eat. I think it's about balance, but I'm also kind of like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it would be like having a really messy house and saying, oh, I just want to want to clean the house and I just want it to be clean. But I'm like, we'll just get up and clean it. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just, I have to motivate myself that way. Like sometimes I'm like, I don't want to go gym. I'm like, yeah, but also like, you want to feel good about yourself. So just go do it, you know. And Where do you work out? What do you do workout wise? Cause you're obviously in amazing shape. Oh, thank you. Um, I do a bit of everything. I do jujitsu. I do. Um, How often are you jiu-jitsu, doing? Jujitsu. I do jujitsu because it's actually really good practice to like be present. It's a really being. It's present good for your mental um, state. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's really you have to be really present. I don't look at my phone. I don't touch my phone, and it's you can't. You won't be, no, you, you, to be you, really focused. Yeah. So I do that, and then I also do regular like weight training. I do a lot of like hikes because I'm not, I don't love cardio. I find it a bit boring on the treadmill and the stairmaster. Right. Oh God, it's oh, terrible. <laughs> whoever invited that, whoever invented that stairmaster is just rotten. I Every know. time my trainer's like, okay, go on that. And I'm like, oh. No one likes it. It never gets easier. No, it doesn't. I, it, why doesn't it get easier? I don't know, because it's super hard. Yeah, every time. But I'll do that sometimes. Do you run? Like actual jog? I don't love running in the street. Yeah, I'm not really I. a fan of that. But I'll do other things to keep, I like to go a good hike or, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll do what it takes. But, every um, day are you working? Are you doing something every day? Yeah, probably six days yeah. a week. Okay. But like I say, it's more like people. Some people don't think that's too much, but like it's more. I just would rather be doing that than sitting watching TV. Yeah. Or I, don't get me wrong. I like doing that sometimes. I like sit and watch TV and just kind of chilling. But it's something about working out. I, I, it releases endorphins. It's scientifically proven to make you feel better, and I'm about doing things that make you feel better. Absolutely. So you know, I could. I think I could get a bit depressed if I didn't do it, honestly. If I'm honest, I, I think I could probably get really weighed down with everything, all the responsibilities I have from, you know, my job to, you know, being a dad to living in Hollywood to the pressures of being good at mm-hmm. what you do. You know what I mean? I think, I think it really helps me a lot. Yeah. No, you're preaching to the converted. I mean, yeah. this is what I, I, I could not agree with you more. And each of their own. I'm not saying everyone has to do it. It's not as though like, I feel like everyone has to look the same or be the same, but it's just about more like trying to find mental clarity and mental health and mental wellness. I think that we could all sometimes take yeah. 
some some responsibility. You know, I remember speaking to my mum once, I was really down about something. And she's like, you know, Chris, at this point, it's like you're just wallowing in it. And I was like, you know what, she's right. Like, I've got to try and start looking at the things that make me happy in the day. Like the sun is shining. I can hear the birds. Like I live in Hollywood. You know, it's like certain things that like, you know, you need to, you need to check yourself, you know. Totally. Yeah. I, I get, I understand what you're saying. Is there anything that you haven't done that you like are wanting to do like in the future? Like, is there like something that you still haven't been able to like, conquer i feel like everybody who does what you do yeah that's you're at the pinnacle everybody wants to do those people's hair and yeah. be having this career okay is there anything i mean you know that obviously yeah. right like in your wildest dreams like you said when you were in london doing your mom's hair did you ever think that you would get this far and be doing this mm, i always knew i don't know there's really funny thing when i was a kid i remember looking outside the window i was like about six and lived in a northern town in England and it was really like rainy and dreary and grey and I remember being in my bedroom and I looked out the window and it's very like grey outside and I remember thinking I don't mean I'm gonna have a life like this when I'm older I think I want a life of colour I want colours I don't want this grey I want like whatever that meant <laughs> I'm like I just felt like I was always going to do something different I just felt like I was not going to be a nine till five kind of guy and I'm, I'm very like humble and grateful that I found a craft that has enabled me to express myself artistically, but also just emotionally and mentally enabled me to grow in so many ways. And I'm really grateful and thankful for the people I work for and the opportunities I've had in my life. And I'm just grateful. I'm really grateful. So yeah, like I guess I am in a pinnacle of my career, but I'm also just like, I'm just trying to be grateful for everything I've got. I'm not you know, I think some people believe in their own hype a bit too much and I like, think they're the greatest. And I think that doesn't really work. I don't like that. I think we're all the same. We're all humans. We all breathe the same air. We all like get happy sometimes. We all get sad sometimes. You know, we're all, we're, we're just real people. And I think I just try and be, like I said, just stick to the motto of like living my life and being present and enjoying the moment. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, cause you were, you also were like winning all these awards as a kid, I read, right? Yeah. Like, so like, obviously you were super- I also cool. didn't win a lot of awards. I, I thought you did. But there's a lot of awards. I did, but there's also so many awards I didn't win before that. You know, it's probably oh, lost yeah. more awards than I have won. So yeah, it's funny that when you become known, everyone wants to talk about and celebrate every award you've won. But I've also sat there and not won every award. I've also sat there and had to applaud other people and then come <laughs> back, you know. I think, I did, I've got this been lucky. I've been plenty of times like tried my bloody hardest and put everything into it and it just wasn't recognized. And then you come back and you go again and you know. Yeah, no, I, I some of it's luck, some of it's right time, wrong, right person. I don't know. A lot of it's, it's like a relationship. It's like, you know, some are good, some are bad. Totally. <laughs> and then someone might go, Oh my God, you guys are so happy. You guys have the perfect relationship, but they've usually worked at being better people. They've usually worked on their self you know, like, you know, emotionally, mentally, you know, they've also been probably worked on themselves of what they're looking for, for the right partner, what is right for them. And then, you know, it, even when you're together, it doesn't mean you, you know, every day you decide to be together every day is it, you know, you work towards, you know, being a stronger couple. Um, so I think everything's work. So I think when, you know, people say, oh, you're really happy. And it's like, yeah, we work for it. You know, we work to be good together yeah and that's why i'm single i was gonna say it must be hard for you to be well also because you travel so much it must be difficult to like have a relationship or can you take them with you or they have to have the flexibility or 
I mean, I don't want to talk about relationships too much, but I just think I've struggled to find um, someone compatible for, at the end of the day, what people think are going to get like on Instagram. And I've said this from the beginning, it's like really not who I am. It's a really small part of who I am. You know, me with pictures of my top off or with famous people or living the life. Like, really, I'm not bougie. I don't want to go out to fancy restaurants. I'd rather sit at home and cook dinner in and talk. And, you know, I'm much more humble than what, I guess, Hollywood is or social media provides. And I think sometimes people are attracted to me because they want the lifestyle or to meet celebrities. And I didn't realize that Hollywood was so much, there's a lot of people that come to Hollywood to be something. Yeah. So I think they get with people that they feel like they can get a ladder up. And I didn't really realize that culture. I didn't know, because I've just worked hard for everything I've got. I didn't realize it was that, that people would want to be with you because of who you work with or because of um, numbers on Instagram or how much money you've got and stuff. I didn't- You didn't realize that? that? Yeah, it's terrible. I had to learn the hard way. So I think I'm a little bit more guarded now. Um, I think relationships are a lot of work. And when I'm in one, I'm all in. I'm really committed. Like anything I do, I try and be really committed to. And I want to be the best version of myself. But I guess if you've not met the right person, it can end up being um, a kind of a, a, a bad thing in your life. You know, it takes away your focus from work. It takes away your focus on with friends and family. And I think when something starts to feel like a drain, mm-hmm. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like I don't have a bad life. So I've tried to become much better with that kind of stuff as well. Like not just staying stuff. Like so many people are in unhappy relationships and I know it's hard and I know it's really scary and we're not all in the right position to be on our own. But sometimes I'm just like, I think I'm doing myself a disjustice to like be with someone that I'm not happy with. And I think to myself, I didn't come this far to just come this far. Like, I say that you know, and there's no one bad. It's not as though anyone's bad. It's just like about compatibility, isn't it? It's about like what you think a relationship should hold and or what you're giving and if you're giving so much more in a relationship and you're not getting it back it just gets tiring i'm just like oh i already i don't want to keep giving all the time you know it'd be nice to so i think it's it's relationships are definitely um obviously it's something i've always wanted i've always wanted it you know i've always wanted the dream and to get married and all that but i also then think of my life and i'm like you know i think this is my journey right now and I think you know when the time's right it's right and I work on myself a lot I'm really into like self-help books and listening to like podcasts and just learning about myself and why we do what we do and you know things about your childhood of what you've seen and you think is what right for a relationship but actually like what actually I really want for a relationship or what I'm really looking for in someone and what is it what is it you're really looking for do you want them to be in entertainment and beauty do you rather than be like more of I don't want to date myself that's for sure I was going to say like that I, might be too too much I'm pretty spontaneous I love a good adventure I really like to live life I like to feel alive I like little, like doing little trips or just fun things but I also just love being at home and you know being cooking or just laughing and smiling I think you should have that with your partner and you know being able to talk to each other and support one another and open be open with each other and talk about how you feel or you know, how to grow together, how to grow and move on. And um, I think I'm just looking for someone that is, it doesn't matter what they do. I don't care. They could work at Starbucks if they're passionate about it and great, but just someone that's like solid in who they are and what they want. And I think I've done a lot of work on myself. And I think maybe in my experience, like not everyone has done that or wanted to. They're fine just being, where they are. you know what I mean? And that's fine. But when you date someone, it's very different because it's okay having friends, but that's at like 
there's, there's so much control with that. When you live with someone, you see everything and every little annoying habit <laughs> because you're at the highlight of being together all the time. So certain things will irritate you. And it's kind of like, you know, you do this thing and it can come across as like, not that nice. It's, you know, it's like, oh, do I? Like, oh, okay. You know, I know I've before someone like I, I in England, the culture is very different and it's more like, people will swear more. So it's just like, oh, F this or F that. It's just very much part of the culture. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not as offensive. But coming to America, people not and don't really speak like that. So that was something that I'd be like, oh, for F's sake, or, you know, just generally, like if I forgot, I'd be like, oh, you know, damn. And he'd be like, oh, you know, when you swear, something's going to be a bit offensive. And I'm like, really? Really? I don't mean it like that. And then I remember speaking to my brother, I was like, have you noticed when you swear? And he was like, you know what? Someone said that to me before as well. And I was like, yeah, I need to work on that. I need that's something I need to, but I just know it it's from just being a kid culture. and part of my culture. Yeah. But I never thought it, it was anything different, but I'm like, yeah, I need to work on that. Right. And it is even stuff like, st- that could be something stupid. Like I say to people, you okay? Cause that's what we say in England. But here, if I say, if you're okay to someone like, yeah, yeah why? Why? <laughs> that's I, true. I, because in England, saying are you okay is literally like going, how's it going? But when you say, are you okay here? It's like, there's a problem or something. You right. know what I mean? It's People different. get defensive. So it's like, when someone explains that to you, I'm not just going to be like, oh, well, that's who I am. Right. I'm like, okay, well, I'll try and be more accommodating to that. So I think I'm good at that kind of stuff. And not everyone is. Not everyone likes to be pulled up on those things. Yeah. So like, well, it's just who I am. And I'm like, yeah, we are who we are, but we can all make little changes if, if it's for the benefit of everyone and probably yourself and how people perceive you. <laughs> right. That's it. Well, who, what's your favorite, you say you love the self-help stuff. What's your favorite book? Like what, what, what kind of, who, who do you look to for that kind of stuff? Um, I like podcasts a lot. Uh, not podcasts, um, audio books. Oh yeah. I okay. do like podcasts as well, but I like audio books because, you know, they're easy to listen to on a plane. Totally. Or, you know, no one wants to have to carry the book around. Um, at the minute I'm listening to, um, let me just check my audio. I can't remember what it's called. Um, Oh yeah, it's called Savage Wisdom by Adam Cam. Um, and it's really like kind of cutthroat. And he swears a lot, but he's very much like, you know, about taking responsibility for your life. Yeah. Taking responsibility for how you feel or how others make you feel, how you allow others to make you feel. Yeah. Or, you know, he says stupid things. It's not stupid actually, but silly things. Oh, it's not even silly. It's just small things, I guess, like, there's two people in your life you need to make proud. Do you know who they are? Yourself. You. Okay. And uh, the second person, I don't know, who would it okay, be? Okay, well, you're nearly there, but basically a lot of people would say my parents. I'm right. But it, the two people you need to make proud of in your life is the eight-year-old you and the 80-year-old you. You know, and I think I like that, that's yeah. then someone that lives a successful life. You know, the eight-year-old and the eighty-year-old. Can you say, you know, be, like if you're on your deathbed, you can look back and be proud of yourself. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I like those little things yeah, that make you too. stop and think a little bit about life. What's, what's the book called? It's called Sa- Savage Wisdom. I like right. that. But, but he's he's pretty aggressive because he swears a lot, and people say, okay. like, they don't like it. The other thing I was listening to, I listened to, what I really enjoyed what I know for sure by Oprah Winfrey. I thought that was a good book. She was talking, you know, she's had an incredibly interesting life. Yes, and things that she talks about is like what she knows for sure is about you know emotions or relationships or feelings and again it's usually from experiencing those things making mistakes and coming out the other end of it Mm -hmm. you know like what i know for sure is that everyone feels fear but the people that go ahead and do it anyway do it with their legs shaking and they just go and do it whereas some people that feel cripple them and can't do it you know i mean it's like small things like that that. hers What what, what would be one of yours that you know for what are the one things that you know for sure um 
probably the power of letting go, the power of letting go of the things that you can't control. I think we waste so much time in our brains worrying about things that we have no control over, things that have probably happened in the past and we'll never be able to get back, things that have not even happened in the future. I think the power of being able to let go um, and be present in the moment and grateful for the things that you have around you because it's so easy with Instagram and TikTok and all this stuff that we're flooded and inundated with to be feel like we're missing out or we're not good enough or we're not rich enough or we're not pretty enough or we're not hot enough or we're not fast enough or we're not cool enough and really like we're all individual we're all here for a reason and we all have our strengths and we all have our downfalls and it's just really about like letting go and being comfortable in who you are in your own skin because you can't be anyone else you cannot how did you learn that that i don't know i just did my work I, i i did my work i think i think having experienced a lot in my life i guess i felt i needed to do the work because i go to the gym for my body but your brain is only a muscle mm-hmm. totally and true. it can also be trained and i was like i need to train my brain i need to train my brain to to live the life i want it to live because if you let it your brain your brain's only a muscle you probably can't go 10 seconds without something going in your head or you're noticing something your brain is constantly just absorbing information and once you realize you're not your brain and you're not your body you know it kind of makes you feel much more kind of like your brain is always going to portray those images you know you might just be sitting there and you're thinking all this stuff and it's just old imagery from your past or things that you've not seen or things you've taught things you've seen on a film you know it's just things that are in your head it's just absorbing information and sometimes what i do and helps me to really relax is when i get overwhelmed I imagine myself, like I close my eyes and imagine myself standing on a bridge and I can feel my feet on the bridge and I'm looking down at the water and in the water is all the things that are in my brain, all the thoughts and feelings that are swamped in my brain, like swirling around. And then I feel my hands against like the cold wall of the bridge. And then I kind of just look down and I can see those feelings be there, but I can feel that I, they're not me. They're not, they're just, they're just in my, they're just feelings. They're just thoughts. They're not actually who I am. Cause I'm on the bridge standing, feeling the cold wall against my feet and on against my hands. And you can kind of imagine the water passing and those emotions can like move on. It just makes you feel so much like not as much in your head. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're so in our fucking head, it's painful. You know, sometimes we're so in our own shit yeah. that we're not present. We're so somewhere else and really, you only have right now. Oh my God, I feel like I'm in a therapy session. Am I going too intense? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I think it's great. I, okay. I'm, I'm happy that you, this is actually a great, and I, I, I'm i happy that you're t- you're talking more about just other than like how to do a great blowout. I tried to learn to be a better person. I tried to be the best person of myself. I also tried to understand other people. And like, sometimes I'd be hurt from old relationships or I'd be hurt by certain things and I, I think it also made me feel less um angry it made me feel less um resentful and and you know everyone has their thing everyone, there's a reason that we're all hard the way we are and different people have gone through different traumas and different things that make them the way they are but then when you turn that into a relationship what I've also realized is I'm like my natural instinct is to want to make people feel good and make things better and you can't always be that person because it gets exhausting. You know, you can't always just keep giving because you gotta that's get something back. And that's what you're that's what you're kind of trained to do, right? In your professional yeah. life, right? Your professional yeah. life is all about making making people feel okay and like yeah. be okay and be happy and you know, like that's your role. 
And so to, to do that in your personal life can be very exhausting. Yeah. But that's why I realized, like, well, I can't, I can't. It's, it's like someone saying like, uh, I want to lose weight, but I'm going to keep eating chocolate. And it's like, I can't just keep eating the chocolate. I've got to like stop eating the chocolate. So I'm like, well, what I'm doing isn't working clearly. Mm-hmm. So let me like, do something different, which is hard, but let me, that's why totally. I kind of like went to the gym for my brain, you know, that's why I was like, okay, yeah. let me learn a little bit. And I'd listen, I'd be like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, oh, that's why we, oh, I'm not my brain. I'm not my thoughts or feelings. They're just happening anyway. Like, you know what I mean? It makes right. me feel like, oh, okay. But you're taking ownership and control over what you're thinking, what your yeah. brain is like, what you're doing. So that's what I think is very interesting is that you were, you know, people can look at you from the outside and you look very perfect, right? You have a, per- you look like you have a perfect body and face and life and glamorous, but there's something, there's much more meat on the bone than what, than that is, right? Like you're like a, you're like a real person. What do you mean meat on the bone? That's like, I'm Canadian. It might be a Canadian saying meat on the bone is like, there's much more, <laughs> there's much more substance there. Sounds like. You know, like meat on the bone is like, it doesn't sound like, it means like there's. Meat on the bone sounds like the size of. I know, no, no. So <laughs> you're like, there's no. a lot, they're like, there's a lot of meat on the bone. Yeah, like me, no, 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 that's not what I'm I like, meant. Oh. That's definitely not what I meant. Um, Maybe you see what I mean? Different, different cultures. We all take, we'll interpret different things differently. Yeah. Canadians, I'm not from here either, so it happens all the time. It's different. Actually, people from London and Canada are very similar. Yeah, yeah. So it's different, but I totally get it. But I, that's why it's interesting to listen to you talk about these things because. Things, perception is not always reality. No, yeah. And that's the point that I was trying to make. That was the second book that you, the other book that you're reading, another self-help or something that you've learned. Um, That Oprah Winfrey book. Um, Oh yeah, the Oprah, the other Savage Wisdom, what was? And then there was another one by John Perkis, um, who is um, obviously very talented at what he does. And it's actually called, um, it's called The Power of Letting Go by John Perkis and it's really about, that was the first time that I realized as as read it in the first couple of pages, I was like, oh my God. You resonated with that one. Oh my God, my my shoulders went down and like the tension went out of my body and I was like, oh my God, I walk around with my shoulders up all the time. I didn't realize, but it wasn't until I practiced that thing about being on the bridge, which he talks about where I was like, Oh fuck! I'm so stupid. I always thought I was my feelings, and I'm not. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was yeah. like, Oh my god, I can control it. I felt like someone had given me like a third eye or something, or like I was like, Oh my god, I'm in the control seat. Oh my god, you know, it's just one of those reality things. Absolutely. Um, he actually wrote me actually because I posted it on my story, and he was like, Oh my god, I'd love to talk to you. And we had a couple of chats. He lives in London, and ironically, he went to school in the same city of Leicester in Northern England that I did. And it was like really like weird how we connected. Yeah, but um, really interesting. I mean, he's much further on in self-development, self-help and all that stuff. But I've only touched the surface, but I just know enough. No, and you keep on learning, it seems. And and you're interested in like- And I like to share it as well with people around me. I like to share it with the people I love. Do you get addicted to social media? Are you addicted to like looking at TikTok, looking at Instagram? like? It's your business to like do that. Does it get to be overwhelming? Are you that guy who's always on the phone? And it's like also it's, it's like a ha- nervous to fall habit. It. It's so easy so to like. Easy. Okay, so you get on your phone. I'm like, okay, check my messages. Okay, check Instagram. Check TikTok. Check my emails. Totally. Go on the Daily Mail. Check my name. See what people are saying. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, this is like I kind of do the. That's like my top five or six things to do. 
But I've definitely practiced on like, I'll say to myself, like, put your phone down, like get off Instagram. But sometimes it's nice to get lost on TikTok. I love TikTok. It's so much fun. It's like, Instagram's a bit boring. And I think it, it's like a bit dusty now for me. I just think it's like pretty pictures, so controlled. I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's just like. It's so true. Someone else just said that to me today, <laughs> that Instagram is becoming like, you said dusty, like old now. Like it's, just, it's now, people are now really migrating to t- like to TikTok more. TikTok is just like so fun to mm-hmm. see it is. videos. It makes, it might make you laugh. It might make you sad. And it's funny how it's like programmed to like the things you like. So I think you get like yep. the things, that, the content that tends to resonate with you. So I kind of think it's fun to just watch TikTok. Although it's definitely a hole and you get lost in it. But sometimes the weird and wonderful things I see, I'm like, oh, that's fun. I want to go there. I want to do that. You get good or, ideas. Like you probably yeah. get great inspiration from there. Like I didn't know about Tough Mudder. I was like, oh my God, that looks so fun. Like, you didn't know about Tough Mudder? No, <gasps> no, I know. No, but um, so I saw it and I was like, I want to go on that. So I booked to go on it and um, it was the best time ever. I love that. Sort of, I love that like little like challenge. Totally. Like, You'd love the Spartan races then too. Have you heard of that one? Um yeah, I have, but no, I feel like it'll be a bit harder at this point. Like, yes. I think, um, what was it I heard about? Um, Ultra marathons? <laughs> I just felt like the spot on one I looked at, it was like a little bit more serious. It was like intense. Tough Mudder was like so fun. It is fun. And like you run a lot, but all the mud and crazy stuff. It's fun. It's not serious. And yeah, I liked it. Yeah. It was fun. It definitely. is super fun, actually. It's definitely actually really different. fun. I forgot about that. Were you the guy who did that Ariana Grande bun? Like, you know that ponytail that she always wears? It's yeah. like, But were you the first one to put that in her hair? Uh, like she, she's as all, the look like, she's wore a ponytail but when I did Ariana's ponytail I did it like a lot longer um, and fuller and then I did those hair hoops in it so that yeah, was like the it. first time kind of like I guess it had been longer like that and then I took a blonde we did the blonde look and we bleached her hair she had a blonde oh yeah on. I remember that too so yeah we kind of had some fun in the hair hoops and like accessorizing ponytails and it not just being a ponytail it was like longer and you know, yeah, the hair hoops and I don't remember that. I just remember her always having that high ponytail with that like beehive yeah. thing looking. It was that the, what was the most iconic look that you're known for? Is it the uh, J-Lo? A couple, probably JLo Super Bowl and then Kim's Met Ball wet look when she did that um, Terry Mugler and it was like finger waves, but it was like she looked like she'd come out of the ocean. It was like, I remember that one. Yeah, why the JLo one? I mean, it looks nice, Super Bowl. but no, I know, but people stop me all the time about it. It just looks like wait. It looks like like southern hair. I don't know. People loved it. Everyone literally loved it. It's the biggest surge in Instagram followers, in messages, in DMs, in press I've I've ever had. People just loved the way it kept bouncing around, swinging around with her. Really, even in the humidity, everyone just loved it. Yeah. I mean, it looked great, but I feel like it's not like to me. Like the Kim one was so much more. Like, yeah, but girl, you know, I think sometimes like middle America just like pretty hair. You yeah, know, they just, just want pretty, pretty, hair. pretty hair. And they're like, oh, I love that hair. He's bouncing. How's a girl so bouncy? My girls don't bounce like that. You know what I mean? That's like, true. Anything like wet look editor, like they're like, oh yeah, cool. But they're probably not going to go up to the supermarket like that. You know what I mean? They're not going to go to their prom with the, you know what I mean? No, it's, they won't. We have a different, I think uh, artistry wise, you know, obviously I prefer other things over other things, but I know people always respond very well to like real glam hairstyles or you know just how to do a simple ponytail or how to do a top knot the right way that's what people want to know the they messy bun i feel was really popular like how do you do, by the way how do you do a great messy bun mm. look on my tiktok is it on tiktok yeah they went viral i did i used to do all these different tiktoks 
and they do well. And then they did a TikTok on just how to create like a volumized ponytail, went viral, like 25 million people went on every outlet. And then I did a messy bun tutorial, 20 million went viral, everyone watched it. Cause people just want to know real shit. So when you're like, oh really? People just like JLS cars. It's like, yeah, they just like the, they like the real stuff. Right, you know, the stuff like the avant-garde like... stuff. I think people just like, I guess in the, in the industry we like it, but like every day, like people like it, but they're not like, oh my God, I'm desperate for that look. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, People just want to know how to do their hair in messy bun. They want to look cute for their Zoom or for work. Or... That's true. But one other question about that hair, the, the Kim one, wasn't it just wet? Like, no. what did you do to it? It was like finger waves. It was like finger waves. And it was like S curls, like brushed over. And then it was like, had these beads sewn in that looked like it was dripping in the water. How long did, would that take you to do? Glam was about um, three hours. I guess like three hours. That would take three hours. But no, I thought glam was like makeup and hair. Yeah. But so the hair would take three hours? We usually do it together. Oh, you do? Yeah. So that would take three hours to do? Yeah. Two hours. Just because like, you know, I mean, I could probably do it faster, but that's how much time we had. So what's that? Can you give me a couple of looks that's like, that's hot right now, just in terms of what's good or what you think is trending or is there anything like that or that doesn't really make sense? Um, no, it makes sense. Um, what's trending right now? Probably like a lot of people are doing like layers at the minute. Yeah. So layers are pretty big with like the curtain bangs, kind of like the shaggy, kind of layered, sexy kind of vibe. A lot of people are liking the curtain bang look. Well, that's because because you're here. What would you do with my hair? Um, why don't you do a middle part? Why do you do side? I don't know. Just, I don't even know. It just falls that way. I think I the just... middle part would be cute with like the curtain bang and maybe like an inch or so shorter, like a little bit shorter, like a bit fuller. Yeah. So it's not long and like thin in shape, but it's like fuller. See, it would be it so width. full. Well, because my hair would be way curlier. But yeah. what's, what's a curtain bang? It's like the middle part, like, you know, like, like J-Lo. Oh, like that. Yeah. Like would, sexy. You, would you do different layers, like more layers? Yeah, maybe it just take the length up a little bit so it has a bit more shape. Would you cut it or would someone else cut it? Like, how, do you have a team of you? Like, no, I do everything. You would do, and you would color it too. Uh, I have to my, don't look at my roots. I know I have to, I have to like. I think do your hair them. looks nice though. It looks pretty. Thank you. But you don't think I should. You think an inch shorter and maybe some more layers, but maybe a middle part, not side. Gen Z say side parts of old people. Are they okay? I gotta get that's, that middle. That's what they say. Well, you're the they. I aren't like you, a side part. Aren't you the they? But it is more like no. Gen Z is like the young TikTokers. Oh, that's true. They're like side parts are over. It's like this whole debate on TikTok about it. Um, no, I like a side part, but uh, side parts do tend to feel a little bit more mature. Yeah. Like middle part is kind of more symmetrical for the face. A hundred percent. But okay. it doesn't suit everyone, but try okay, it. Should I try it? And you tell me, does it look, well, right now I gotta get my roots done, but. But yeah, I think you should have your front bits a bit shorter though, if you're going to do middle part. You pro you promise though to do my hair. You promise, because I will call you out if yes. you don't do my hair. Just kidding. You have to find time, but yeah, let's do are it. Are you ever going to be ever going to be in town for the next month in the next yeah of course yeah would you have time to do it yeah you have to speak to my agent i don't know i told you i don't do the schedule she'll tell okay, you okay, okay i'll get my people to call because i'm always people. like yeah and she's like why did you say yes you have no i'm like i don't know i just want to be pleasing people oh exactly there you go again see that's gonna make people happy i mean that's exactly that's just your like go-to place yeah. 
Um, I guess that's basically, I think that we're like, you answered all of the questions. Okay. Talk, talk about where people can find, of course, your new product that you are now the global creative director. Color you can well. find the color, pro, color bar products who, um, that, that I use for um, all of my go-to styles on www.colorwellhair.com or Sephora. They're sold in Sephora. Oh, is so that Sephora now? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a nice little display of me in uh, doing hair. Did you see the billboard when we launched the mask? No, I didn't see it. It was cool. It was like in a bath, in a suit, on a billboard on Santa Monica. It was fun. I didn't see How long has it been out for? Uh, like a year now? Mm, no, maybe not a year. Not quite yet. Not quite oh, yet. it's been out that it's long. I just got it yesterday night. Or else I would have won. I would have like, this This looks totally my thing though, this money stuff. Money. Yeah. Did you use this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then and people can obviously follow you, Chris Appleton, of course, on Instagram or Twitter. Sorry, not Twitter, on, on TikTok. <laughs> Are you on Twitter I, too? I don't do Twitter. Twitter. You don't do Twitter? I just Twitter? downloaded it the other day. I used oh, to tweet really? all the time. I feel like, is it a bit old? It's actually much more relevant and pop culture now, I is think, it? than ever before. I feel like it's um like more news. It is. I was going to say, probably for your industry, it's not the... The greatest. But yeah, I'm more of a visual. So TikTok and Instagram. YouTube would be great for you just to do like totally like lots of tutorials. Yeah, I love it, YouTube. Yeah, you can monetize like crazy on there. Not like I'm sure you're like, you know, you're worried about that. God knows, you know, but that's besides the point. Do you ever have time to do regular? I mean, besides the fact that I'm like begging you to do my hair because you're here. But mm. do you ever do normal people hair? Like if... I don't know, whoever, like Joe Normal. Blow, like regular people that are not like Yeah, cool. I mean, like probably my, my, my life's changed a lot in terms of like, obviously working with celebrities like this, they're kind of like, schedule's busy. I so know you're busy because of it. But I don't really want to work in a salon. I did well, I worked in the salon. I did that till I was like 27. I worked in the salon from the age of 13. I think I did my time. No, can you go to people's home? I mean, I don't know what the options are. Like, do you go to people's yeah, homes? I don't really or? want to do, I don't really want to be a home head. Like, I've done all that. I've done it for years, you know, to so be in the salon, do home hair visits and all that. And I loved it. But like, I feel like now, like, I've kind of changed directions in, I guess, what I do. I don't think I could go from client to client. Like Would, I used to. I used to have like 12 people a day. I don't even know how I did it. And really? And they'd all come in just for a cut and they'd all have like extensions and colors. And everyone was, I was always running behind and everyone was, was always, it was always doing these like little makeovers. Oh my God. Stressful. It <laughs> is. It By the way though, I did look at your transformation of Drew Barrymore. I think. Oh when yeah. I, you, she looked amazing. It was cute, right? The hair that, she, that was like crazy extensions, right? Yeah. Do you put the extensions in also? Or yeah, no? why do you keep asking me that? I do everything. Well, because the, I thought... You're ex- like, do you cut it? Do you style it? <laughs> I'm like, no, I just tell someone what to do. No, because the extensions, I thought people have different people for extensions. Yeah, it's happened permanent ones, but it wasn't permanent. I oh, could they- do permanent ones though, but it's just like not necessary for the day you know you could do everything I, I guess i'm just because even for me i have like a colorist i have a hair cutter yeah. you know what i mean no one is doing everything yeah no i get it and if i were i don't have extensions but there's an extension person or you yeah know, that's why different it's amazing that like to meet someone who does like the whole thing yeah you know so they hire you they hire you you don't have to get like 10 million other people on the no. thing <laughs> it's like you do all of it yeah i get to do it all amazing 
Um, well, Chris Appleton, you've been a pleasure. Thank oh, you thanks. so much to be. Thank you for being on the podcast. Um, you were you're great, and oh, you're, thank you. I've had I'm a great gonna, time. I want to use this color well this yeah, week. Yeah, you can keep them all. Thank Enjoy. you. I appreciate you get it at Sephora. Where else did you say you can get it? Colorwildhair.com. Colorwildhair.com. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yes. I'm sure they, I'm sure they did. The, the, if, if anything, they've learned how to do nice hair. Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle. From nothing into something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle Podcast. Powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.